Hey everybody, on today's podcast we have Katishan from French Libations, aka Katixa the Shiksa. You know, gotta have a good nickname when you come on to here. So we had a great time with her on this episode. Uh, absolutely amazing personality, honestly, like she can absolutely fill a room. We had such a fun time talking about like all the food that we like, how we got into the industry, all the people we've met along the ways, and honestly like how it is to be a rep coming up and then getting up to a supplier job. So learned a lot from her. Uh, we had an absolute blast on this one. Next uh, episode we have, we'll have Fred Scherer on from Scherer Winery. Uh, so stay tuned for that one, and y'all enjoy the episode. Take care. couple guests too that have also had broadcast journalism degrees or they've like been in broadcasting and like they always have like such a voice for it it works out good <laughs> yeah i've got i've got that i've got i've got that trained voice although i'm the person who decided to get invisalign in their late 30s and you have been spared of all the little extra teeth that are usually sticking all the composites because they're um, i've got i've gone in for refinement um but typically i have these invisalign trays and i have the most goofy lisp that comes through and i was thinking about it and i was like Oh fuck! If I do an event with these guys, like, and I have my Invisalign trays, and I'm just <laughs> oh, this is some delicious wine, and how should it's some delicious, delicious champagne. Yeah, champagne. So at least you did that. I mean, I had I had braces. I oh, mean, I think it was through like third grade to like sixth grade. They just kept putting shit in my mouth, like. <laughs> Oh, we're going to stick some wires here. We're going to do rubber band here. We're going to do metal here, and then braces here. And now your teeth look normal. Yeah. And now they're like adjusting back to not. I swear, my uh, my dentist is hustling me all the time. She's like, "You should get a Visalign. Yeah, let me set you up with somebody." I'm like, "What the fuck, guys?" Like, I wish a Visalign was around when I was a kid. Like, I literally had like scaffolding in my freaking yeah. mouth. Oh <laughs> man, so <laughs> seven I... pounds of metal. So do you have the one where they put the thing on top of your palate and you had to stick a key in there and like crank it so it separates your a teeth? A palate expander. There's a palate expander. Yeah, that's exactly what I it was. Hear that sucked. And then it's you have a retainer, horrible. and then you mm. never ever can meet a girl for like, you know, five years while you're uh, you there can in meet school. them. I don't know. If, uh, <laughs> I don't know that is something that the newest generation will never have to deal with is a headgear. Oh my God, headgear. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, not everyone's, uh, you know, can necessarily be a candidate for Invisalign, right? So I learned that it's all contingent upon bite. So if you have a bite that just needs to be corrected, be that all of that sort of antiquated headgear and scaffolding might be oh. your future. Um, I was lucky in the sense that, um, strangely, my two front teeth grew in, I kid you not, like perpendicular to one another. <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, that's a cute look. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, they kind of just corrected somehow. And I mean, you remember what my teeth used to look like. They, they weren't, they were character, but they weren't like, you know, dramatic by any stretch of the imagination. And I grew up in Central America and between going to dentists there and then stateside, they all sort of started saying the same thing. They're like, hey, unless you start correcting these teeth, like you're gonna have to pull perfectly good teeth as you get older. Um, rather than, you know, just correcting and having them. I was like, okay, I did like the whole cost benefit analysis. I was like, all right, let's do this. Like how much is it going to cost? Never mind the pain and recovery of pulling teeth. Um, and I was like, all right, it's a wash. Like, let's just get it done now. Let's just do it. It's, you know, perfect. It's COVID. We got masks. Like no one's looking. And, oh yeah. man. I didn't think about it. Anybody who was like really thinking about braces and Invisalign and anything had it made during COVID time. Oh, I'm so, it was brilliant. Although was like having brilliant. a beard, the mask catches on me. So I wonder if anybody got their like mask cut on their like braces while they were talking oh, you know they did absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's a disaster under there yeah oh, absolutely. that'd be such a disaster <laughs> <laughs>
Dude, what a weird thing. Like, what a terrible evolutionary trait is how garbage our teeth are. It's like, here, here's a whole set oh, for like five years. You're going to lose all of them. And then these are going to grow in awkward sideways. There's four hiding in the back that you're going to have to rip out later in oh, life. And oh, by too. the way, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And then those who grew in sideways. Uh, yeah. No, the, the whole, the human experience is strange. Bio <laughs> Biology is bizarre. Yeah. Thank God for wine and beer and liquor. <laughs> Fact. Fact. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thanks so for So welcome on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I like your glass. Yeah. It's amazing. It still continues We're to We're so classy up. here at Riff that uh, I took a wine glass with an extraordinarily small chip. And the glass is now mine. I just wrote, ouch, and circled where the scratch is and tried to remember not to drink from that spot. It's so good. I've already twice drank it from that spot, by the way. Because <laughs> I do this. I just <laughs> twirl the glass and then I just put it up. Like, oh, yeah, Daredevil. It, it's funny. <laughs> when you're in the wine business or beverage industry, you tend to swirl everything. Yeah, like water. Water yeah. all the time. Like I'll catch myself just like do 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 with water on the side or yeah. liquors or other random shit. Like yeah. You're like I don't think I need to oxygenate it. Yeah. Pellegrino, Katisha. And you're but like, well, really, <laughs> really expands the bubbles in Coca Cola when you do that. I'm really trying to just you know define the pearl of the Sprite that I'm drinking. It's, Get that yeah. lemon you know flavor <laughs> additive really to come out more. It's a Dr Pepper. It's it's just the most buoyant. Yeah. I remember I was actually in I don't know why I'm just thinking of this all of a sudden I was mm -hmm. in New Mexico once with you guys and I met a guy who told me he was like the summer of donuts or something. I beg your pardon? Yeah, I, I, I'll find his card. Is that card the head of the point. APD? What was that? He is a professional donut taster. Oh. And he worked God. in some breweries out there too or something like that. Kevin Glass? Kevin Glass. Well, I know that we have. Mark Glass? I forget his name off the top hmm. of my head. I'll look it up. But yeah, another guy showed me his business card and I looked him up. I actually Googled it because I didn't believe it. And it wasn't the head brewer from Marble, because I know you guys were nerding out on jam bands when we it, had he, I know Alley it, at Marble. I know he was tied into one of the breweries out there. Okay, wasn't that then? Donut song. Yeah, what a crazy thing. Honestly, I joke with Damien. He sees it all the time. I swear to God, if there's milkshakes at that place, I will go out of my way to try it. Like, I want to be, <laughs> that's my retirement plan is milkshake song. Oh my God. Well then, for me, it's chips. I get chip-faced on a regular basis. Yeah. I will... Chip face. I will fuck up a bag of chips. So you're like, you open a bag, it's all gone, you blacked out for those 30 seconds while you're just eating all the chips. I had no control. Next yeah. thing I know, I'm at the bottom of the bag, I'm fixing, oh. I, I see another bag available to me, I know that Uber Eats is just a press away, and they can just deliver some sort of fantastic You're going to have that, per you're going to be the first person to have a drone show up in your house and just drop bags all across your I yard. I feel like I should be sponsored at this rate. So like do the you have, amount of chips I eat. Is so really do you just have like the um, uh, PBR of chips sometimes, like Lay's, and then sometimes you get all bougie with uh, like sun chips? Or? Okay, so my secret pleasure, no, sun chips. What is this, health? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Damien. So I try, I try. I'm like, oh, flaxseed. It's... So I feel so, <laughs> like, so virtuous, right? I'm like, oh, so this is going to be so good for my, my skin or whatever. No, my true pleasure of chips, is, and I tend to not discriminate too much, I'll be honest. And ironically, salt and vinegar chips are not for me. I love salt. I love vinegar the, and potatoes. I've never met one I didn't like. And yet the combination of the three is just not for me. But my absolute pleasure is when I travel. All of the sort of what I consider you know, the dessert chip, if I will. The dessert chip is all I call the trashy chips. Sorry, Lays, but like, know your place. <laughs> and they have these alternate flavors all over the world. And one of my absolute favorites is in France. And it's poulet roti and thym. And it's roast chicken and thyme potato chips. And it's mental. I got off the flight. I will seek out a large bag, which in France is just a reason, like, you know, child size, like lunch bag here. Um, but it's a large bag in France and a split of champagne. And that is how I get over every single jet lag. And it's roasted chicken and potato chips. I will bring them back 
the women that I work with who are incredible, um, our offices are kind of near Chateau Neuf, and they now know this about me because they saw how many bags of chips I was packing back to the U.S. <laughs> and they're like, what is wrong with you? Like of all the things to bring back from France. And I brought, I'd gone to like a gourmand and I went and got, you know, foie gras for, for Christmas. It was right around the holidays. I brought all these beautiful things back for people. All I wanted for myself were these damn roasted chicken chips. And I was like, listen, you send me samples. Like I'm going to intentionally short like, you know, four bottles because I know how many bags of chips you can fit in there. And I have them very well trained. I was like, come on, send them to me. But there's uh, fascinating so you get like disappointed when you come back and the whole bag's just crushed. Or they've eaten them. I know how they are. They, uh, they're on to me now. But there's so many. They just shake flavors. your bag. And I'm like, she's back. <laughs> I know. Open that bag. Okay. Open the bag. Yeah, exactly. They're not worried about wine keys with me. They're just wondering how many bags of chips I'm smuggling back from France. But roasted chicken chips. Hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my, man. Uh, okay, so do you so consider pretzels chips? No, pretzels are pretzels. They're, they're, yeah, they're their own category. I love pretzels, too. See, I can go through pretzels all day long. Pretzel chips sticks. wise, like. All right, sticks or twists, though? Oh, no, the. Like the normal pretzel, yeah. The twist, yeah. Okay, all right. Just that being said, I, I wouldn't I'm, kick any of them out either. Like if they showed up, if it's a big bag. I of showed no bias, yeah. Yeah, except for the giant ones that are like the size of a croissant. No, those are rude. Okay, like that's it's like, aggressive amount of non-salted bread that's crunchy. It's a crouton at that point with salt. It I is. I don't want that. It is a German crouton, and they, you know, they, they do like necklaces of this stuff at beer fest now. Like there's like <laughs> necklaces of pretzels. Have okay. you seen this? No, but I, it makes sense. I mean, why not? Why have them get up and get food when you could just put in a necklace of pretzels? Yeah. Honestly, I'm about that. I mean, as someone who's yeah. severely allergic to gluten, it's kind of like the vampire version of garlic for me, where I'm like, oh, dear God, <laughs> like, I'm going to die inside. Like, there's there's that. But it's, yeah, it's become like this whole, like, brewer's friendship bracelet in German, where, like, in Germany, where they're wearing these, like, they're strooning all of these pretzel sticks so you can, or pretzel twists, so you can just eat them as you go. See, they need that at the airport. You land in Germany, they put like a giant, like a lay, a like lay. it's just over you. But a I different type, this. different type of lays. Yeah, it's a different oh. type of lays. Yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah. And in America, you come, you land, and instead of getting lays, they put you through five hours worth of security. Exactly, aggressive interrogation, yeah. and yeah, they're just like. You know, it, should, it should be McDonald's like thrown together. They just throw around your neck. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like next time she comes to the town, we have to do like a potato chip and wine pairing. Potato chip and sparkling or champagne or something. Um, yeah. I could have. Okay, so we have a thing for sparkling. Sparkling wine and fried chicken, anyways. You we are consider that company. we consider that the greatest pairing in the world. Like okay, so food and wine, champagne and fried chicken. The or t-shirt anything fried. I was wearing, I should have worn it today. I was wearing it around uh, the Airbnb today. It was for an event that we did at Wine in Chile, which is an event in New Mexico that you've participated in wine in many Chile. times. Yeah, exactly. So um, the organizer, Greg O'Byrne, and at the time um, the importer uh, that we had uh, was North Berkeley, and we did Egli Aurier and fried chicken, and it was absolutely mental. So it was North Berkeley and Arroyo Vino did this fried chicken and champagne event. And it was, you know, the shirt is, of course, like chicks dig champagne. And I think every single importer or wine industry person, I mean, it was the first T-shirt to sell out. And I, that's what I was slumming around in today. I should have worn it. Instead, yep. I'm wearing my beautiful zebras. It's you know? the zebra stuff. Yeah. It's the zebra stuff. It's, it's like too classy around this part. I'm sorry. I should have known. I should have yeah, known. I mean, I, I wore a Fernet shirt for a wine podcast. I like it. Fernet about it. I had to look down. What am I wearing, <laughs> what am I wearing today? Fernet about it. And like the script on it is kind of very Sopranos. It's like Fernet yeah. about it. It's like it just hey. makes you want to say it. That's why. I just watched Donnie Brasco last night too again. So it was always forget about it. Oh my gosh. There's so many G's where they shouldn't be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many and, and R's. That's a oh, good idea. God. No. There's no R on idea. <laughs> Yeah, there's, and it's so funny too, because just like with, with variation just within English is really fascinating. Like there's, in New Mexico, there's a distinct accent and there's also just sort of these sayings that come out of it. And one of them is, um, raise your window down. Like, 
exactly. The look on your face, Damien, is exactly yeah. what it should be. Complete confusion. Um, and I have a girlfriend of mine who married a, uh, a gentleman from England, and um, he has a bunch of Welsh friends. And the Welsh are kind of like the southern of the U.S., where you're like, oh, you're just not quite right, are you? <laughs> um, but the the it, and mostly in context of language, right? So at one point, it was um, I was working at a restaurant called Artichoke Cafe, where I met you. Yep. Actually, that's yeah. I was I, Damien and I go way back, and there was uh, someone who you know, there was a coat on the ground and I was coming around the back and this guy came out of the bathroom, this classic Norteño, New Mexican is like, whose coat is this jacket on the floor? And I was like, I beg your, excuse me? <laughs> like there's no one around to hear what I just heard. Whose coat is this jacket on the floor? I proceed to go back to the bar. I tell my friend Megan and her husband, Patty, who's Irish and English. And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, you'll never believe the most brilliant New Mexicoism I've heard. And he's like, I'll be damned if that's not Welsh. Like the Welsh also <laughs> speak this way. And it just like turned into this whole thing where you realize that all across, wh wherever you're from, like in New Jersey, you have the G's and the D's and the R's where they have no business being. And then you have, you know, Texas has its own twang. And then just within the twang categories, there's so many twangs within them. Like it's fascinating. And traveling as much in the U.S. as I do now, it's, it, I mean, I'm just perpetually giggling. This is just we had some English couple here last night and they were. It was really fun listening to them talk. They had a couple like random sayings that were weird, yeah. but it's like now that I now that you say that, there's these little sayings across the U.S. It's like shit. What is ours? What do I say? Because yeah. I constantly hear, "Oh, are you from the south?" I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm from Arizona." They go, "Oh, well, you say y'all." I'm like, and I don't realize I say y'all all the time. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? And I'm like, where the hell did I develop that even from? I don't know almost anybody from Texas. It's just something like I've always been saying. Yeah, I mean, y'all is in fairness. That's like kind of brilliant. I mean, it's all encompassing, right? It's very yeah. welcoming. And if you guys are, you know, in restaurants and you're in hospitality, like y'all has this very, to me, very welcoming, um, uh, very welcoming sense to it. Like, you know, it's just. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and in these times, it's, you know, non-gendered. And it's, <laughs> it's non-gendered. Most can't get offended by it. It's a, yeah, exactly. That's going to be my pronouns. It's going to be y'all and y'all. Um, y'all. And, and because and I'm New York, I'm New York, I'm you's all. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's good. Katisha Mercier defines it as she and y'all. Like that's gonna be my my pronouns. <laughs> How many people have butchered your name over the years too, and they try and pronounce it? Oh fuck! Oh my god! It's, you know, I always I always tell people I, I'm fascinated by how many people take just like running charges at my name just with pure confidence. How do you they, spell it? It's K A T I X A. Oh, okay, the X in it. Okay. Yeah, and it, it tends to give people a. a uh, frontal lobe aneurysm, as it turns <laughs> out. But the great thing is that I do get to screen my own phone calls. You know, it's like people will call and they're like, "Yes, hi, can I speak with Ka <laughs> Katia?" Katixa. And I'm like, "Is that a question?" And they're like, "Can I? May I speak? Mm. May I speak with Katya?" And I'm like, mm, "No one by that name is here." Nah, <laughs> nah nine. No. Um, but I've gotten. Uh, Katixa is probably the easiest. Katixa. Uh, I get Katija for some people who speak Spanish or oh, uh, yeah, okay. Mexican. Like, like they kind of go cheese. that directions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. That's that. That's if I were a cheese, I would be a Katija. Um, I get, and then I get people who just hear my name and then don't even try. They're just like, I'd answer the phone, you know. Hi, this is Katisha. How can I help you? Hey, Patricia. And I'm like, Patricia, <laughs> there's not a P. There's not an R. Like, what has happened here? But, oh, my goodness. I take, yeah, it's it's a subject matter. But I kind of love it because it really decide it distinguishes who actually knows me and who doesn't. Yeah. And um, and it also taught me, um, I read this uh, this article in the Times ages ago. 
And I was talking about skills you learn um, or skills you should learn. And one that I got to learn really early on as a kid was how to politely correct people and how to say my name. You know, it's unusual and correcting people tends to be uncomfortable because depending on the subject matter, they really want to be right. Um, but when it comes to your name, like there's kind of no disputing it. It's like, no, it's mine. Are you and sure it's not this? Like, nope. Pretty That's literally my name. Yes, yeah, still no. <laughs> still no. It's definitely turned into some really great nicknames and I'm appreciative of them, but I'm probably most appreciative that it's um it's really almost like a passcode it's like like you met who oh yeah, yeah you don't know her <laughs> you're, 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 you're the only katisha i've ever met uh, the only other one i know is my cousin you know so uh i am named after her and uh she is not in the wine industry she does teeth she is in dentistry ironically um yeah we went full circle <laughs> we did it guys exactly. right we show's over show's over we're done boom <laughs> Exactly. We haven't even gotten into the wine yet. We've already closed off the show. <laughs> so we talked about chips, dentistry, <laughs> names. Oh my god, I know. There's, uh, yeah, it was um, one of my former sales reps, who's actually the person I've passed the reins to most recently um, in New Mexico. He was talking. Oh god, I wish I remembered the term, but it's like this Old Testament term where if you, in fact, knew how to pronounce certain things, it determined whether or not you were of a particular um, congregation or religious uh, affiliation. It starts I, with an O. No, I no. know. Oh my God. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Which it was a passive attest if you were part of that religion. Yes, to get. exactly yeah. right. Um, I, you know what? It'll come to I swear to God, I know exactly what word you are. Should we call in Michael Waddington? No. <laughs> can, can, uh, we, can we phone a friend? Yeah, exactly. Sibboleth. <laughs> Yes, Sibboleth. It was exactly Sibboleth. Right. Sibboleth, exactly right. Yeah. And so imagine with and my I think it was like Shibboleth. I think the, uh, there's like a, you had to pronounce Shibboleth. it. Shibboleth. Exactly right. Yeah. Now, with my Invisalign, could you imagine how fucked up oh, I Oh, no, you would have nailed it. Sibboleth. Or I would have not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like my name is, in fact, a Holy crap, I can't believe I pulled that out of the back of my head. I've never nowhere. heard that term ever. Yeah. And now, the more you know. Yeah. It's weird that, have you ever had that moment where like you just have a memory out of no reason pop up from something that happened for a second, like just out of nowhere? Yeah. But John, your lubricate or bubbles lubricate what? your brain. Bubbles lubricate. <laughs> Where your are we brain. going with this? These bubbles I, when, 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 when your brain's like all stuck, some bubbles just make it That's unstuck. Mm -hmm. Dude, I love this. Moose fills is fantastic. Oh my god, moose <laughs> I, I for the while I sat there and uh, I don't remember if it was Candy or you that was the first time that you poured the champagne for me, and I was like, oh. Moose fills. <laughs> and I think it was Todd. I think I he audibly we dropped were, a glass. I was like, you fucking we idiot. We were at the Quench trade show, and it was not the rosé. It was the regular one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also worth mentioning that that's not how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah. No, okay, I know. Yeah. Okay, moose fils. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah. I just say moose fils. It's just yeah. like, that's not even right either, apparently. Moose fills. Oh, my moose God. Moose fills. I, you know, I might start renaming. I'm, I'm curious of what you thought of my name when I first walked in. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even. I looked right <laughs> at that, and I was like. Damien, help me out here because I'm going to ruin this. You read it and you just like, hey, I, actually, I actually might have got close only because we have the Chocolina or Chocolina went on there. Chocolina, and yeah. now they see the X is that sound. I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah, that's my peeps. So yeah, my heritage is uh, my mom's side, side of the family is Basque. And then uh, okay. Mercier, no affiliation with the Champagne House, sadly. Um, and Mercier is like, you know, Smith in the phone book in France. Like I'm related uh -huh. to like every fifth person. Um, but yeah, my father, uh, who's since passed away, uh, was Parisian. So from Saint-Germain. Okay. Yeah, so extremely French, uh, depending on which side of it you're looking at. But yeah, the X is definitely, um, yeah, it's it, people can it throws people it. off. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. That probably <laughs> helped getting a job working for a French importer. Yeah, well, you know, it, it definitely um, calibrated whether or not uh, I spoke French. So it, it's so interesting when you speak another language. So many people are like, oh, yeah, you speak French. Like, oh, hey, Katisha speaks French. You did? And I'm like, oh, tu parles français? And immediately they're like, oh, I took like seven years of in school. And I'm like, seven years? And you still can't put a sentence together. Like, my Lord. Or it's, 
it's um, oh I took it in college or oh no I had a sweetheart in high school and on exchange program they and, know uh, like phrasing versus yeah like, exactly a phrase and stuff exactly and I so can ask for the bathroom get... I can ask for more wine but if you want to have a conversation about what's going on in the world today no it yeah happen. and suddenly there's like this stage fright right so um, but yeah it was it was absolutely a requisite that I speak French for this job um, and it has to do with speed working for Italians I learned Italian over the period of time working for the Italians yeah. but parts of Italy they speak so freaking fast. Well, I'm still trying to translate the first word, and they're on word 842. Oh, my goodness. And and then there's also um, dialect variation within Italy. Uh, once upon Huge. a time, I spoke the Florentine dialect, and I remember years later landing in Rome and thinking, oh, my God, every like I don't know if I've lost the ear. I've lost the language. Everyone sounded like they had a mouthful of marbles and speaking, and I was like, wow, I've really lost everything. We went up to Venice, and I was picked up where I left off. You know, and That said, my, the command of Italian is not strong anymore, but it's relegated to French and Spanish now. But it's, it's France is the same yeah. way. I mean, Parisian is different than other parts of the country and like the way they you know, enunciate things. Or not. Or not. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, could you imagine, like, if you're learning English and you come into America, and depending mm -hmm. on what part of America you land in, and learn UK? it's going to be hard like yeah. california could be good for you because it's slower but the amount of like slang coming out of there yeah. would drive you crazy but if you go to like boston and new york learn that language it's going to be really weird going to the rest of the country with your already accent and then slamming on a boston or new york one oh to my it. god i have a girlfriend of mine who's um she lives she's swedish and she um she works in denmark so she lives kind of like on the border she has the most fascinating accent. So she learned English by going on exchange to, I think it was New Iberia, Louisiana or something oh, super. Well, that's awful. So she got like a little Creole in it. So she's got the craziest accent when she speaks English because she speaks with a Swedish accent and the thickest Creole bayou. Like it is the, I can't even replicate it, but it is so fascinating. I had a uh, Swedish roommate and he was from Gothenburg. Uh -huh. And when he came over, he spoke English like perfectly, but like to the book so the we would sit around English. and yeah like use some slang yeah. and i still remember trying to explain slang to somebody is really tough like we were like oh dude that's so ridiculous and he's like well john what is ridiculous and i was like well shit uh it's really crazy and he's like oh like a mental person I'm like no it's like really <laughs> over the top like if you fall off a wall i'm like oh fuck i have no idea how to explain this word yeah, to you it's just yeah I mean, and then there's that right there's the nuances between everything yeah it's it's uh yeah it's it's not simple, the language, but man, is it a cool party trick. I, I do love that. Like, uh, uh, one of our reps, Greg, he comes in and he yeah. speaks fluent French. Yeah, he's my So, rep. yeah, okay, so yeah, perfectly. So he, like, perfectly flows through. Like, hey, how's your day going? By the way, we're having this... I'm like, fuck, that sounded so clean. I'm going to ruin this if I have to tell somebody I'm pouring this wine for them. Yeah, Greg, I think he's from uh, Lyon originally. And yeah. we, we hit it off, like, white on rice. Um, we... Uh, both of us are kind of it's really interesting when you're what's considered a third culture child is what I learned my category of people is um you know you are simultaneously too American for the French you're too French for the Americans <laughs> I grew up in Central America so then there's that where you're like okay well you're now too everything for you know to be Costa Rican and uh, and so you have this simultaneously comfort with being everywhere with not having a belonging of any place but so many places to call home even though everyone doesn't identify you as one of them and it's you've a absorbed really... a lot of the culture of all those places i'm right, guessing exactly and so it's a really interesting milieu if you will uh to be in and greg is part of that too and so it was really it was it's he's he's an amazing human and <laughs> he's i love you he's, he's great <laughs> yeah he'll be, he'll be here later it'll be super yeah. fun um but uh, and then learned that we're both also because i learned this most recently turns out i have sephardic jewish heritage and he is a sephardic jew and so i've learned so so many things about my newly found 
Here it is. Yeah. And, and as a Star Wars fan, his license plate actually says the Chewbacca. Yeah. The Chewbacca. The Chewbacca. I rode in that car all day. How did I not see this? Was it the the old Outback Subaru or a new one? It's a Subaru. Is it new or old? It's the older one that has the Chewbacca license plate. His his Instagram is Jubadoo. Jubadoo? I'm learning so much. He's he's hilarious. I love Greg. Greg is fantastic. Yeah. So the ultimate irony of discovering that I have, and the story of how I discovered that was really roundabout, but in any event, it turns out I have Sephardic Jewish heritage and the irony of my life is at one point when I was in another life um, I lived in DC and I was working for National Geographic and had met somebody um, who was a geneticist and uh, we started seeing each other um, he was a you know this guy was like oh yeah like, uh, do you like food and I'm like never met a chip I didn't like let's go I'm like you know <laughs> so we um, he was like do you like you know Jewish delicatessen food it's Passover and I was like oh my god yeah absolutely I'd love to learn more let's go um, so we end up in, I don't remember which side of DC we were in, but we end up in this sort of like basement Jewish delicatessen deli. And it was amazing. Like I, all the different foods. Um, for me, I travel with my stomach. You know, if, if the food is good, I'm going. If the food's not so good, I'm sorry, England, I will get to you eventually. But it, um, so, you know, I was like looking at everything and he was like, well, why don't you go grab those two spots at the table on the far end of this like dining hall? big sort of, you know, uh, speed tables, like nothing fancy. And, uh, and sit there, my friends are over there. I'll be over there in a minute. Like, you know, what do you want? And I was like, everything, let's just do everything. So I sit down and, uh, and I'm chatting with his friends and also kind of not realizing that it's Passover. So I'm like, already just, you know, just in for it. But I was like, Hey, like I'm, I'm here. Let's, let's do all the things. So I'm sitting in front of this woman and she's like, so how do you know Adam? And I'm like, oh, um, you know, funny enough, we met at a happy hour because, you know, D.C. is happy. Like, no one's from D.C., really. And you meet everyone through happy hour. And I was like, oh, you know, we met at a happy hour function, actually, ironically, at one of my work functions. And she's like, oh, okay. Where'd you go to temple? And I was like, oh, shit. I don't, I have two temples. <laughs> I don't attend <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I, no, I, I don't go to temple. And she's like, mm, do you hear that? Adam's friend doesn't go to temple. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm in for it. Like, what did I just walk into? Like, oh, my God. And meanwhile, I'm looking at Adam like, I'm drowning. Like, come <laughs> over here. And I was like, no, I, get, I got this. I got this. So then it's just this all-out brigade of the Jewesses that I'm realizing are grilling me. And they're like, anyway, so, you know, so they're just, like, shooting it. Like, she doesn't go she doesn't go to temple. She doesn't do this. Nah, 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 nah. Um, and at some point, they're like, anyway, what's your name? And I'm like, uh, Katisha. How do you spell it? I'm like, so I spell it, you know, K-A-T-I-X-A. And they're like, oh. Sounds like it's more, sounds like it's spelled Katixa to me. So it's Katixa the Shiksa, is it? And so I was known as Katixa the Shiksa forever, only for the complete irony of my life to learn that I am, in fact, a Sephardic Jew. Fascinating. But I'm still Katixa the Shiksa in the better part of the D.C. metro area. That's, yeah. that's, that there, continues There's a family to out there that is just holding on to that one for yeah, a while. Forever. You know, and Madden, that girl Adam had... Huh. Oh my God. You don't like that. Yeah, Katexa the Shakes. I had never once at Temple. I think so many. I think there's actually a couple supplier. Like Allie, I think Allie Hill still has my name. It's Katexa the Shakes on her phone, and I'm like, you've got to change that. Well, there's <laughs> definitely a few people that might listen to this that are going to definitely say it once oh, or twice. Oh, here we go. Uh, sorry, friends. I'm not blonde and blue. That one's on you. Yeah, I know. I, I, I gave that one away. <laughs> Uh, ten years ago, I changed my name and my friend's phone to Batman, and he still has it. He actually called me today, and he was just laughing. He goes, Damien, I couldn't find your number on my phone, and then I realized it was under Batman. I <laughs> love this. Do you I, answer the phone and say, hello? I forgot about it. <laughs> it was hilarious because actually, yeah, totally. I did it, and it was probably about a good 12 months before I actually called him, before he realized it, and he just answers the phone and goes, hello? And I'm like, what's up, Rob? And he's like, 
Damien? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why does it say Batman is calling me? <laughs> oh my God. First of all, I would love for you to dub every Batman film with your voice. Oh, That's gosh. just so much more cheery and jovial. Yeah, right? right? Like, just like, this is Batman. You're like, this is Batman. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Justice. I'm Revenge. I am Justice and Revenge. Let's take over Gotham. It's Gotham, right? I'm so bad with superheroes. Oh, me too. All right. All right, so we should actually maybe drink one of your wines now, maybe? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why Honestly, I though, think we invited you on the show to talk. I'm getting my fill on the moose over here. So yeah. Hey, listen, there's a little more moose in there. so uh, No worries. Well, we can, yeah, we'll, we we'll can get around to all these. I mean, at the end of the day, it's champagne. I mean, I love champagne. We'll drink it any time of the day. It's, yes. In, in victory, we need it. Or in victory, we drink it. And in defeat, we need it. If we could have taken anything from tiny Napoleon, yep. it would be that quote. It's, no, it's and, and don't invade Russia in the winter. <laughs> yeah, also that. Yeah. Turns out it's cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. No, it is funny because it's like the one thing you can do everything with. Champagne goes great with food. It goes great in celebration. It could wedding party, baby shower, funeral, divorce. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You could just matter. have champagne. Doesn't matter. I did all those in one year. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's champagne's always a good idea. Absolutely. It's um, yeah. What's not to like? Honestly. It's like the one thing you could. I always would imagine if beer drinkers wanted to make the leap from beer to wine mm. instead of jumping into wine. I'm like, like champagne or any sparkling is the right way to do it. It's already bubbly. And yeah. honestly, that's kind of like what half the battle is in beer. It's just the feeling of it before you get to say, taste. I was going to say, is it like the texture that's the, the first jump, right? From beer from beer into wine. You know, it's, it's you get the beer drinkers. They're like, oh, they want to dabble. And it's it has to be a texture thing. But they're also chasing a flavor, right? So there's also that yeasty quality to champagne. There's that sort of, you know, like toasty brioche vibe that is uh, is enough of a... I mean, talk about like the most expensive gateway drug, though, right? Like you're going oh, that's from a beer to fucking champagne. Cool. This like, $4 beer to this like starting $50 champagne. Yeah, that's really exactly. well put Welcome together. Welcome to this grower. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. If you can even get champagne nowadays. Fact. If you can even get champagne these days. I mean, it's ha so half of them are out of stock. I mean, I have distributors in here all day, every day, just complaining that... All their cores are out of stock. I mean, even core whiskeys, there's no Macallan in this Yeah. State. No Macallan at all, 12 or 18. The crazy one for me was uh, we put a new kegerator in over there for, like, all of our seltzers, hatters, and stuff. And I went down to one of the gas supply things, like, hey, can I buy a CO2 tank for it? And they go, nope. Nope. I'm like, what? He goes, we'll do exchanges only. There's no CO2 tanks. And I was like, well, can I, or is there anybody else around? Like, I know you He goes, no, we're all out. Okay, well, when are you going to get some? I don't know, five to eight months. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, supply chain issues are real, man. It's brutal. I mean, the, and it's everything, too. It's, um, you know, the there's the conversation of alternative formats in wine and beer, for that matter. Um, so everyone has a canning line. So now cannings are, in, like, the cans are in shortage. Um, you know, for people who wanted to do box wines, well, you know, the dispenser for the, for the bag and box, like that actually little spigot, is also on back order. Like there's there's labels for wine that are on back order. There's the silly adhesive is on back order. Things you would like, never would have expected. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Whoever does the foil that wraps around these things. Exactly. And honestly, if you have a crazy bottle, you're really screwed. Like I like yeah. uh, that Gatanara from. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's Travellini if I'm saying that right. It's the weird decanter looking. You got that one right. Bottom. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> I think I've drank it enough to know I'm not going to get that one wrong. But you like that, it. I think they switched over to normal bottles for a while. Yeah. I've seen a few that popped up and it was in a normal looking bottle. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and it's everything. And, you know, I mean, I'll say it the once because it's actually relevant and it's not, you know, polarizing in any sense. But um, what we're up against now with the company that I work for and so many of the European wines along um, alongside myself is that the main glass source that many vintners get their wines from right now is actually in the Ukraine. And guess what's not at the top of anyone's priority list in the Ukraine? 
Glass making bottles. fucking wine bottles. So, you know, I mean, they're definitely going to use it for Molotov cocktails, probably. Uh, well, here's the thing that, you know, first priority, Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Secondly, literally my wine. So <laughs> it's um, yeah. And so that's, you know, also another thing where, you know, a lot of people have globalization is a beautiful thing until no one's getting along. Yeah. And and that's the challenge. Right. So it's uh, it, that's the part of the conversation I've had with some of my distributors recently. It's like, yeah, well, you want to do this private label. You want to do this um, you know, special project. You want to do literally anything at all at this point. And you are up against, you know, sourcing glass, sourcing the label, sourcing the corks, getting all of that together and then hoping that all of us have our fingers and toes and eyes crossed that right now in France, hoping i mean that's you know all i do is french uh, you know french and corsican at the moment and it's um the conversation that we have is looking at the weather patterns and thinking oh my god please don't frost please don't frost please don't frost we're like burgundy at, just got hit with frost didn't uh, they yes, too again burgundy, again year. so burgundy um is getting hit with frost meanwhile germany is like what is this sun we're gonna grow everything now shannon and the mosul uh, favorite thing is england's like well Guess we're gonna make sparkling now because it's warm enough yeah. and it's not half bad. And England's tanning for the first time. It's it's all very new. That's not good. Their skin cancer rates are about to go through the roof over there. <laughs> all their sparkling maybe, wines are gonna be called melanin. Yep. Like English sunscreen business might be the next big business. Honestly, yes. and after that, now that people have to go out and tan, they're gonna have to get their fucking teeth fixed. So dentistry, here we come over here to England. We go. Too. Uh, you know, ding ding ding. Here we go. Yeah, round think, round we, New jobs, guys. <laughs> new, new jobs altogether. It's but, funny. It's yeah. not funny, but it's weird how each area now is dealing with something crazy. So for you, okay. for the French, it's like, okay, well, now you got to deal with constant amounts of frost, destroying everything. Yes. In California, every time a lightning bolt hits the ground, they freak out because someone's about to just blink too quickly, too quickly, and it creates a spark. You yeah. know, I mean, fucking Napa just goes aflame. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, in France, it's really primarily frosts and um, and then waterlog. So what we saw in um, in Peak Pool specifically uh, was that we got hit with rain really, really badly, and there was waterlog. So sure, there could be swelling of grapes, that's one problem, but really what happened was mildew and mold. And and it's like, yay, we want the rain, but like, earlier? <laughs> and uh, and could it not be frozen, depending on how early you go? So, you know, it's primarily that. That's really a challenge, you know, it's it's that. And then meanwhile, you know, you've got areas like Germany and Austria have had the, the vintage of a lifetime. You know, 2020 is going to be memorable for all of us. But for them, it was really this spectacular, spectacular vintage. Um, I was chatting with one of the other lady suppliers that I work with, and we were going back and forth as big Shannon lovers. And um, and it was that, yeah, Shannon is being now grown in the Mosul. And we're like, uh, I mean, cool. But kind of concerning. Like, should we just start planting Cab Franc in Canada just like preemptively? Like, should we just like Honestly, after it? if like, you know with grapevines need to take that time to grow just start dropping stuff up north and hoping in the right area like I looking mean, in america you can look at idaho and montana down the road and be like well that'll probably grow some really good stuff yeah it's it's just wild like it's it's so fascinating and you know it's fascinating when you think of it on uh, from sort of the agricultural broad perspective but when you're actually in the industry and you're a rep that's just trying to deliver the consistency has got to be garbage it's i mean you guys experience it and fortunately you guys have such a cool model here at rift where you just kind of you know, roll with it. You, it, it's all about spontaneity and changing and something that's fresh and different and interesting, which is frankly the way that a lot of people ought to go. You know, I was chatting with one of my distributors this morning um, from Washington, which good God, like if anyone's struggling with logistics, they port of Seattle straight up was like, yeah, about your European containers. <laughs> eh, we, we're going to park them in Oakland. You can drive them up. <laughs> and, and on top of that, they get crazy storms. She was telling me that at, like her boss called and was like, hey, you should uh, turn on the news because I'm pretty sure our container fell into the ocean in the port of Seattle and it was toppled over. 
and it toppled over. And fortunately, her container was the one beside it. But I mean, that's also, I don't know, 17 different containers that fell into the ocean in the Port of Seattle. how many containers are out there at this point with some insanely good wine just sitting on the bottom of the ocean that somebody's going to go. Probably quite a few of them. There's got to be at some point justifiably enough money sitting on the bottom of the ocean. So you're like, well. It's in international waters. It's now yours if you find it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've got to think, you know. There's got to be some Bordeaux's and Champagne's and some other stuff that's just at the Berg's. bottom of something. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be some cool, like, weird spirits. Maybe, like, the container of Chartreuse or Chartreuse that, like, fell to the bottom and it's just, like, the special, like, you know, version of, or, like, special release or something of that to, nature. To the new gold. It's like, all right, cool. There's $1,000 bottles sitting somewhere and you know it's not going bad. And you know who you hire? Bob motherfucking Ballard, who found the Titanic, which was, he's, yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah, you know, he's extremely I'm thinking, alive. You know, I'm thinking of Jacques Cousteau. He's definitely Oh, he's alive. extremely dead. He's, yeah, no, he's yeah. extremely he dead. He is He was 100 decayed. years old when I was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was 500 by the time we were born. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like you, you hire you hire someone like that to be like, you know the ocean, let's go ahead and you know, we just drop you down in that little oceanic And you know exactly where it'll be these days. Could it be like, this ship had this container at this time and it fell overboard within this area. There's a satellite that shows it. And yeah. as long as it's not over some shitty trench, yeah, you know, one day. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. No, Fuck that. No, are We're you paying kidding? somebody to do that. No, my ears are crap. I can't yeah. dive below. Let's find Nicholas Cage somewhere. He'll go after it. Perfect. I support it. I support the mission. So your company, who, what is your company? So I work for French Libation and I started working, um, I moved from the distribution side um, where I actually met Damien, uh, which funny enough, a million and a half years ago, I was yeah. one of the first people to buy wine from Damien in New Mexico. Honestly, I could believe it was a million and a half years ago and he'd still look the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, it's going to backfire. It's going to backfire. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, I was working a program at a restaurant in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico and Damien rolled in and was just this like super approachable, bright character, and uh, had a couple things that I happened to be looking for. Maranco like, Moscato was the first one. Maranco Moscato, first wine you bought for me. I still remember it. Absolutely. I was like, well, if I'm gonna have a Moscato, it's got to be a good one. I'm not gonna yep. settle for some, you know, cheap bullshit. I was like, if you're gonna drink Moscato in my restaurant, you're gonna have the like benchmark example of what it should be. And we sold the shit out of it. Was it, that it, the one I tried the we, other day that we, you were like, that's the good one? We've carried Maranco. Okay. That's the one we were carrying when we first opened. Okay. The one my mom drinks. Like, the only one my mom drinks. It was so good. But, you know, you've gone through a, uh, the logical progression of moving up in the business. Because, I mean, restaurant yeah. business is a start, running yeah. a distributor. You've seen me come up all the way. Yeah. Like, and now I'm in your recording booth. Oh, my God. This is wild. Like, this is amazing. It, it's... Something I always used to talk about with the New Mexico distributor was how good you guys always were as a team. Oh, and I always you. felt that you, every one of the people that worked for that company was destined to go somewhere. And I've worked with distributors all over the nation. And now you're working with distributors all over the nation. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably seeing some really bad reps. Yeah. Or some mediocre reps. Or some <laughs> ones that don't care. Ones that are just going through motions. Versus the true passion that some reps have and New Mexico <laughs> had a bad that. review. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. If we could do a Yelp for distributors, holy shit. Um, but the, uh, yeah, you know, it's so funny because I distinctly remember sitting at uh, or standing at one of our first accounts and, uh, and, and you were also my first ride with like that. You were my first supplier that I, well, you were the first person I purchased wine from, uh, or no, I was the first person that purchased wine from you. And then flash forward, I was, I got poached to move to the distribution side and, um, which is a hysterical story in and of itself. But the, uh, then I found myself with Damien as one of my first ride widths, uh, as with a supplier. And we were at an account and he's like, yeah, you know, typically takes like, I don't know, like a couple of years for anyone to really find their sea legs and sales. But like, 
you're going to figure it out. Like, this isn't going to last long for you. And I'll be damned. Like, if you weren't yeah. absolutely spot on. Like, I, I, I remember that so vividly. And I was like, oh, huh, I wonder what you meant by that. And I was like, I see now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, um, it, you know, it's been really eye-opening, actually. And um, because, you know, when you get used to something, you just assume that everyone operates that way. And you have a standard. Yep. Right. You have a standard. And, you know, with the team that we had um, at, you know, in New Mexico with favorite, we had my mentor at the helm, Jason, who will be here later, which is super fun, um, who was at my first wine dinner and was also at my first wine dinner with the supplier ship now in Phoenix, which has been super fun. So it's been like a whole like, you know, kind of continuation trip for me, which has been really great. But uh, but, you know, you develop a standard and we had a standard. Then we just assumed everyone operated that way, you know, and um, and it's been really eye opening when I would have suppliers as Jason passed the reins on to me and I proceeded to run the portfolio and kind of carried that same level of, you know, standard. Like we held a high standard and running around the country is so fascinating to see what their standards are. The different dynamics in every dynamics, state. And yeah. you could literally look at a team in a state sometimes and be like, none of y'all are going to go anywhere but just this job right. versus every single person that worked for your company has gone on to do supplier jobs. Incredible now. things. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know. Tiny little New Mexico. Tiny little New Mexico and you know that big of a drinking hub I mean you've made it pretty clear that it seems to be but it's like what is it Santa Fe and Albuquerque for the most part uh prime a Taos as well um you know there's uh yeah that's right Taos is the skiing area is right there is another skiing area yeah you got the college area to the south a little bit yeah there's and it's a it's such an you know like any place there's such different demographics everywhere you go um but you know the the wonderful thing about that I specifically appreciate and I and I particularly thrive in is that New Mexico is always kind of, well, first of all, everyone's like, you live in New Mexico. Your English is so good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm learning. Thank you. <laughs> like, yes, we are a state, but, um, but that you're Sessible. always, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that you're always underestimated, you know? And so when you come from a culture of constantly, you know, like you get suppliers that roll in and they're like, ah, I'm in New Mexico. It's kind of like, eh, whatever. I developed a, a taste for low hanging fruit, and that's where that's where the sweetness is. You know, where you you should give an ounce of attention to people who, you know, just show up. That's it. That's the job. It's showing up. There it's was, not that hard. There was still also a very affluent uh, wine drinking crowd all through New Mexico. Very. Much. It would shock me sometimes because you know sometimes you look at someone and you judge them just quickly based on their looks. Sure. And I'd be at a trade show and somebody would walk up with like. Face tattoos on one side, teardrops on the other. I totally know who you're talking and about. And <laughs> walk up and be like, I see you have the Falangina. Do you have the Greco de Tufo? That's really one of my favorite companion wines. And I'm like, look at this person. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. like, and that's what I love. I thrive on that shit, being underestimated. Yes. Right? Um, and to me, you know, like we, we can we can talk about all the ways that each of us feels underestimated and how you over deliver. And to me, my superpowers are to look like, you know, this brunette doe-eyed thing that secretly yeah, is multilingual and does have a tremendous amount of education and knowledge about wine and is very well traveled and has lived all over the world and I don't present that way and I love being underestimated because then you get people who everyone started fighting over wanting to be in New Mexico. Like, it was like, hey, can I have New Mexico as a territory? Like, I, uh, you know, like, they'd always want to come. And, and, and it was always great. It was like this, like, little kept secret. And, you know, people are on to us now. But it's uh, it still remains. Yeah, just really good people out there. You yeah. know, I mean, some cities, it's a different buyer every other week. So, you know, we're up in Vegas. It's uh, musical chairs of buyers up in Las yeah. Vegas. New Mexico, I could still go to some of those accounts. It'll be the same buyers at those accounts. To date, absolutely. Yep. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, Sean Holler, who was with Artichoke and Farina, is now, um, you know, moved on to another venture, but he's still very much in the industry. You've got uh, buyers that were previously at restaurants um, who are now 
the only, you know, advanced in New Mexico, Ty Sook, mm. who's now, you know, working at the cellar. You've got um, Jesus is my song. Jesus is my song. You got Jesus, absolutely, yep. who's definitely I climbing the ranks. I've seen him on our Instagram. That's actually somebody you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He right. he came out to visit me about three four months ago. I went out to I took him and his uh, wife to Glybon. They're awesome. Oh, I think I'm going there tomorrow. Okay, because I always keep seeing Jesus is my sham, likes your thing. And yeah. like, I was like, who is this? That's yeah. funny. He rolls with a lot of water and turns it in. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, no, it's it's a really underestimated talent pool there. And I think that's what makes us so talented is that we're constantly underestimated. Yep. And, and it, you know, so, you know, you sink or swim, and most of us thrive in that. And there's there's a lot of good there. And it says a lot for suppliers to hire someone based in New Mexico because it's not exactly yeah. the travel mecca hub of the United States <laughs> for suppliers. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> but there's also a lot of perspective to be had there. You know, there's um, I am a supplier that's based out of New Mexico. Jason is a supplier mm -hmm. based out of New Mexico. What is your territory? Uh, so Western Division of the U.S. So um, like west of the Mississippi, or like so pretty much Cali New Mexico west. Okay. Like all those states. Ma mountain states. Pacific Northwest. Exactly right. And one day, Hawaii and Alaska. If anyone's out there and needs wine, contact me. Yeah, I never thought about that, the Hawaii and Alaska division. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's uh, not simple. Hawaii was one of the more difficult logistically to handle yeah. because you have to go from island to island to island. And if you think about it, it's not like you have a delivery truck from Quench that's just going to go deliver to somebody up the street. Yeah, they hot shot is kind of fucked there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Like, I guess what, I'll put it in a plane. It'll be there tomorrow. What island are you on? Or in Alaska. You're like, I'll just send a case on the Iditarod. Like, what the fuck do I like? Yeah. Hot skis will bring it to you? Come like, on. That would be fun as shit. It's listen. like, all right, we're going to go from village to village. Cool. Are we driving? No. No, yeah. we're taking the dogs. I'm going to... The day I open Alaska, I'm going to request it. But, the but, largest yeah. wine club in America is in Alaska. It's at, a, it's at a wine styles wine shop, which used to be a franchise. The huh. one the one in Alaska was bought by the owner, so they own it now, but it's still a wine styles. But their wine club is like thousands of people deep. Like it's an Get insane out. wine club. Yeah. We used to get it once in a while when I was with Link Wines because my business partner became very good friends with them. He'd fly up and stay at their houses and stuff like that, like the owners of it. Oh god. The amount of wine he would drop to that club was insane. It was like dropping wine to like a total, but it was a small little wine shop with a giant thousand person wine I club. I mean, what else wow. are you gonna do? I'm guessing it's got it's literally either in Fairbanks or Juno. <laughs> Anchorage. Probably. Anchorage. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a third city in that stupid yeah, Anchorage state. Anchorage is a one. Yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah, because <laughs> sorry, Alaska, but seriously, it's what, what, so big. But think about it. I mean, it's... It's giant. Yeah. It, I, during the pandemic, in my life, it was basically dark for like six weeks because I didn't leave the house. I just hung out and drank all the time during the pandemic. So you're basically living in Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. I love that the pandemic in Arizona lasted six weeks, by the yeah, way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and by the way, it was more of a suggestion than an idea. Like, ah, oh, you should do these rules. And everybody was like, it is so oh, wild. cancel culture caught up with the Rona out here real quick. Oh, they, my God. They canceled so that shit. In New Mexico, our governor has, you know, she's um, got a background in medicine. So she was like, yeah, I think I know my way around the situation. We're going to do things differently. And it was so fascinating to then get this supplier job and be moving about the country. And at one point, I remember testing the efficacy of my vaccine very quickly. Um, but, um, but landing in Arizona and meeting my sales manager for dinner and realizing, oh my God, I can hear the crowd of the restaurant from outside. Yeah, I haven't heard that in the last, what I, where I was when the world went sideways was in Argentina <laughs> on a buying trip. And it was, you know, it, it truly didn't exist. They had one case in Buenos Aires when we were there. And by the time I got back, it, you know, the world was extremely different get to Arizona and I remember looking at my sales manager I was like I don't know if I'm in the past or the future like Arizona was number one in the world of COVID cases twice 
Congratulations. at totally separate times it's... because people didn't give a shit. And I know enough nurses and doctors who I know a couple that quit. And I know a few other ones that definitely have gray hair. So like, dude, it was fucking they all, bad. They all but went like, into the wine industry for relief. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and that and all the legal drugs on the planet at oh this my point. God. Thank God they legalized weed like a year and a half ago. Oh, our governor has a sense of humor. She did it on April 1st this year. So yeah. <laughs> she was like, April Fool's. And we're like, wait, is it for real though? <laughs> like, oh, today's 420, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do, let's get fried in French wine tasting. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's wild out there. Yeah, it's so crazy thing about the state is it's very pride on being. Uh, I think, I think Scottsdale's motto is the most western town in the West. The most western yeah. town in the West. I'm like pretty sure that's what it is. It's basically like we don't give a shit about rules, but y'all do it. you. Got it. That's really what it kind of comes yeah, down that's to. That's sort of. And like... when it came down to you do you, it was like yeah, you could be open and pour drinks for people and be in a park. Just you know, don't sneeze on somebody. If you do, just apologize. Like that's not how this disease works. It's yeah, not forgiving. This is not totally how that's gonna go down. But yeah, it's been fascinating. Ah, see? When, when, when they opened up Arizona again, the clubs and everybody just went off. It was just yeah. party central for a weekend and then they were like, Nope, shutting you back down. Yeah. That I mean, was that was the optics. The optics was the reason they shut them down. It wasn't anything else. Right. We hit national news for look what Scottsdale's doing. The irony is the one club that they did shut down I used to actually work for that group of people. The owners of that group, their daughter is the health advisor for our governor. Oh, yeah, my. So it okay. was like, so he had to play this fine balance of, oh, some of my biggest donors and daughters work for me, but I have to shut one of these clubs down to make an example out of yeah, you. Yeah. So they opened up 30. They closed one because it was the one that made like national news. And then slowly when it went away, they just handed them their liquor license back. and was like, ah, go ahead. Do your wow. thing. Wow. So fascinating. I mean, goodness did i live a different life uh in new mexico with our shutdowns but it um yeah it's just so variable anymore and it's so fast i mean the mask mandate for flights and planes now lifted and ubers now lifted one of our regulars came in here he had just flown back to town they announced it Rich, on, yeah. on his flight they announced it yeah. and he goes everybody was so happy he goes the flight attendants were happier than anyone and then suddenly everyone was naked it was very yeah. confusing it was weird. <laughs> best flight or worst flight ever depending <laughs> on who you are <laughs> Yeah, but it's, I mean, we truly are experiencing our version of the Roaring Twenties, you know, like the, the Roaring Twenties yeah. 100 years oh, ago. Oh, fuck, that stock market crash incoming. <laughs> well, are we Probably. already in it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we already felt a ripple, you know, like we already felt that. Um, we there, there was an illness and then everyone drank a lot of champagne and then no one could find any. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot of parallels there. You know, history, I, I heard someone say history doesn't repeat itself, it but rhymes. it certainly rhymes and mimics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thinking for what it was with the stock market the way it was, a war breaking out, logistics being fucked, the Spanish flu after the war, which exactly. is basically like Arona. And, yeah. and people still don't know how to pronounce my name, so it's really, nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, it, uh, that'll never really kind of resolve itself. <laughs> I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, so with your company being French libations, yeah. what do you, is it a specific region? Do you have like all over France? Do you, like, all what over is France. it? Okay. Yeah, exactly right. So all over France, uh, we do primarily wine. We do have some cider skews. Uh, we do have a Basque cider. So it's very oh, stylized cool. and oxidative in quality. And for, for the natty wine drinker, it's kind of a cool place. Gotta be careful saying natty out here because people hear natty oh and they immediately god. think natty ice. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, natty is, yeah, that's a whole other, other conversation, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, but yes, yeah, so we do have some ciders. We do have some, um, a handful of spirits predominantly wine um all around france and then uh, corsica which is this really interesting space where it's a uh, french territory but a lot of people are like but aren't you italian and then the corsicans are like no we're corsican uh so but french um, country italian heritage they want to be their own thing 
yeah, classic, right? right. So, so Texas almost. <laughs> yeah, or the Basque or, you know, the Catalan or the, Catalan, yeah. or the Quebec or, you know, like there's, there's yeah, many yeah. examples of it. Uh, but yeah, pr- um, entirely French uh, French selections. Yeah, that's uh, so that's what I do. About how many different wineries are, do you represent? So about 45 producers okay. uh, and within them, um, quite a few SKUs within them. So, you know, not everyone has just like one or two. Um, there's typically anywhere between two and 10 different SKUs by, by producer. So, yeah. It's uh, it definitely it definitely makes it fun. I enjoy it so much. Honestly, working on the supplier side when you have forty five producers, I think is the way to go. Yeah. Versus, we've seen it with a lot of our Napa people and our friends. They change jobs so often because oh they get God. burnt out on Talk, five skews. Five skews, one winery, and you could only laugh about the same jokes so many times or tell the story about the family and how they met so many times it's and so drink the same wine every so day. Many times. Yeah, it's and that's where you know I remember when I was contemplating my next steps, and I'm, God, I'm so fortunate to have the group of people that I do in my life. I mean, between. You know, I have this group of lady importers that are, you know, when I was making my next steps, one of them was actually the person who facilitated this job, um, you know, bless being champagne buzzed in Aspen and, and Joe Barrett, who, <laughs> who's who's the one to credit for introducing me to my now employer. Um, but, you know, I was really grateful to have the people that I do in my life and the suppliers that I do in my life. And I soundboarded with um, that group of ladies and some other suppliers as well, you know, both of my North Berkeley people and as well as, you know, Sean Miner and Union Wine Company and everyone who really ran the gamut. And uh, they all got to know me and they were like, I'll tell you what, you're going to, you're, what you need to do is you have to work with people who have a portfolio and a number of different producers because we know you, you're not good bored. <laughs> like you're not good, comfortable. You're always wanting to grow. You're always wanting to push yourself. We, it's, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm I see Damien raising his hand myself. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I was lucky for being where I was, but meeting somebody like Damien to be like, okay, like, you know, it, I, and I think it's kind of what something it is, is you meet somebody who thrives to be better and move to the next thing. And all of a sudden you go, Oh, I want to do that too. That yeah. seems fun. Just moving to the next better thing. Well, and, honestly, and now here we are with like the shop, the podcast, yeah. like moving forward fun stuff. And we get to do all of this is it's the coolest. It's fun versus just being like, all right, cool. Like I made wine for 12 years at Suvino. And after a yeah. while I'm like, fuck, like how many times can I just keep making the same shit? Right. And so it's it's such it's. By such the way, Corey, if you listen, sorry, it's not shit. I'm just the yeah, I say it. Well, you know, the <laughs> same I know he's gonna listen and be like, "What the fucker?" <laughs> same daily routine. It's the same uh, daily but honestly, routine. Meeting Damien was one of the first people that I was like, "Oh God, like that that looks like a cool next step." Because you were so passionate about all the people you spoke about, and to this day, yep. I mean, to this day, I saw that you you know you have you have all of uh, the Terdora di Paolo wines out there, or not all, but you have some of the selections out there, and you know the Master Berardino family is incredible, and I learned all that stuff from you, and the reason that it stuck is because you spoke about it so passionately, and and it's storytelling, and it's wine, and what better way to that's you know like about it. it is a storytelling. It's all about the storytelling, and coming from a journalism background, that's all I was chasing. I went you know into documentary because it was a storyteller, and then I realized wow, you could do both at the same time and, you know, tell the story of wine and tell the history and nerd out as hard as you wanted. And I was like, I've got, there's space for me here. There's space for me here. Sometimes just being uncomfortable, uh, you could do your best work. That's for me. If I'm, if everything is easy, I drop the ball. When I'm I'm a little uncomfortable and it's a challenge, that's where I do my best work. But that's the breed of human you are. And definitely, I I think all of us at the table here are that way. I love chaos. Same. Like, I genuinely, like, it it definitely makes you tight. But in chaos, I get more done versus, like, oh, you have to do this and that's all you have this week. Guess what's not getting done that week? That one thing I needed to do. Right. We, We opened a bar in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Very successfully because we both basically just thrive on that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's something I'm, I've always been, you know, my, 
my um, predecessor and dear friend and now you know co-person that I'm pouring wise with this evening just observed that about me and I think many suppliers did where they're like you're not good bored like you've you you've got a you chase after it you're you're not good bored and I love that quality and there's a quality that I've really gotten to also bond with other people in the industry and specifically women in the industry most recently I was nominated for um, nominated to become a mentor for batonage which is women in wine and nice. uh, it's the second year thank you and I've just finished my my first round with two or with 10 mentees uh, for level one and the level of just shared interest with these group of women like of course yeah we're all you know into wine but it's also the same people who operate like we do not good board like constantly moving, constantly pushing. And the 10 women that I had in my group of 10 mentees for level one was spectacular. It ran the gamut. Some from, ironically, wines that I helped launch in New Mexico and uh, know the supplier very well. And I won't mention their names because they have some very expi very exciting projects that I got to have this moment of like, holy shit, you're asking me for advice? Like realizing that, yeah, like you make the wine, but you don't necessarily know anything about this side of it, you know, and here she is trying to do her own label. Um, other winemakers, other women that are just in the industry looking to make their next steps from distribution into into suppliership and now have been invited now to do level two and we'll have one-on-one -on -one mentorships with other women. But it's all the same thing where I find myself so refreshed by having conversations with these other women saying like, yeah, you're like I am, not good bored. And that's an excellent quality to have. And and it's it's the greatest because you, you do have to be a little deranged to be in this industry. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> the best people are, right? Like you collect these characters and, and I'm certainly one of them. I'm shot out of a cannon most days. Well, that's like, why I'm, we wanted to do this, the whole podcast because there's so much personality in this oh business. Oh my God, yeah. And we just yes. go around the country just selling wine, being crazy and meeting all these people and having all these crazy stories, but a lot of it doesn't get logged. No. So we wanted to start this podcast to have all the stories that all these crazy suppliers have all the time. It. I absolutely love it. And I think, you know, goodness, I already have my my collection of crazy stories already. But <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, having worked in distro and now moving on to the supplier side, just like those moments of like, oh my God, you people really exist. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really, it's really great. Like, Every you know, time I swear somebody really weird comes walking in the door that I had it met for that first year i was like who the fuck is this nut job and he'd be like oh that's so-and-so he owns this restaurant oh that's so-and-so he works for mm -hmm. damien knew all of them because he knows everybody on the yeah, planet like the mayor of but yeah like things. now i see certain people walk in i'm like oh yeah i, I bet this guy owns something dumb he's like yeah though that's the beverage director over at so-and-so i'm like they literally all look nuts yeah and then when you meet them they're the nicest people most of the time and you're right. It's the weird stories that everybody sticks around, hangs out late, doors yeah. shut, like lights up, and then it just gets funny. Well, and that's what that's what the industry is about. I mean, if any if the entire world has something in common is that we all need to eat and ideally drink. And we all share it, you know, and so and that's where everything gets done. You know, so so many people I think are oftentimes confused by our industry and how it looks because there's sure there's a podcast periodically. Yes, there's the running around with the reps and there's a lot of good work done there. But all of us know as well as anyone, all the all the real work is after hours. You know, like it's it's after hours. It's this in, you know, someone's living room or back patio mm -hmm. or brewery or you that's, know whatever it is. It's connecting, that's and a that's a very what it is. good point. It's just a lot of people don't realize is is coming through like this industry watching me do it. And I'm sure you both are the same way. Is a lot of like the deals you make with people like oh, I'm going to carry your product. Yeah. So I'm going to carry. Isn't always just because the product's good. It's like I like you as a person. Yeah. Like. I know there's some people out there who just want to cut and dry. Well, mm. this is the best. Therefore, you buy it and you buy it off this website. Sure. And I'm just here to get like the paycheck as an in-betweener versus like if you walk in, sit down, have a drink, talk with us. Oh, you were here during that time. Oh, I went to this show. In Damien's case, he meets somebody who went to a fish show. They talk and all of a sudden they're great yeah. friends. Like 
that is a huge part of this industry is all of a sudden you meet somebody like, I want to support you and that brand. The brand's fantastic. It's great wine or it's great beer, whatever. But you as a person is somebody I want to see do well. So therefore, I will just buy from you. Totally. And that's the, that's what I loved about actually, you know, connecting with um, the importer that I work with now is that when I was asking questions, you know, you have those classic interview questions like, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? <laughs> and yeah. uh, unfortunately, none of those questions came up in my conversations with them. There was more calibrating of, you know, how much French I spoke. And they're like, OK, yeah, you speak it. Um, but then I asked, I was like, hey, why do you choose the why do you choose the people that you work with? You know, like, I want to know. Like, why? Is it because it's the best? Is it because you know them? Like, you know, why did you choose the collection of people that you have in this portfolio? I'm curious. And they said, proceeded to say something that my father said, who was also in the wine industry. And it's, it's about who you work with. Like, you can work with anyone. It's not wine lacking in the world, guys. Like, there's plenty of it. Yeah. But are there plenty of good people and people who speak your specific language and who just jive with you and vibe with you and you want to work with and you're happy to see and you know that when things inevitably get crazy and wild and sideways, whether it's logistics or whatever it is, yeah. are they going to show up for you? Are they going to make it right? Are they going to like, do you know that you can call and be like, Hey, like this is weird. Like we can, can we fix this? Like that's what it's about at the end of the day. And that's, you know, there were so many goals that I had in mind where, you know, with my entire family living in France, I always had this vision that I wanted to work for a company that would at least get me there, you know, so I could see my family more often. So I've got that, but also working for a company where they're, they literally admit, they're like, yeah, you know, are there better examples of Burgundy? Sure, but they're all taken, you know? Yeah. We have great examples of Burgundy. They're beautiful. Our love our producers. They're prim primarily all women at the helm right now, which is really a, kind of a cool coincidence at the moment. Um, but most importantly is that they're great to work with. And that's what's really cool is that I can't think of many of other industries. I mean, I'm sure there's varying degrees of it. But for the most part, in wine, it is so – in wine and restaurants, everything, all the information is so tribal, right? It's passed on from person to person. You get trained. That person moves on. That all gets lost unless you create a podcast, you brilliant creatures. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but for the most part, it's all tribal knowledge, right? And everything else is so documented in data, right? So if you look at the tech world, it's all data. It's documented. There's history. There's logs. There's archives. But in our industry, it's so primarily predicated on who you want to work with and who speaks your language. And that's what I think is magical because it's the most – it remains one of the most human plateaus still. I'll never forget my interview with Vias, my very first one with Dina and Luciano. Oh, they're great. We sat down and Dina and myself talked about dogs and food for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I looked up at her at one point and go, so should we start the interview now? <laughs> she just started laughing and then pretty much I was hired. <laughs> like yeah. it came down to, he could sit here and just have a conversation with me for the like 20 minutes out of nowhere. Yeah. And just connect with the team. It's and, and that's what it is. It's, it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't like it wasn't like an interview. Like you know, once again, like what if I asked your best friend what your best trait would be? What would he tell me? Oh, he'd say fuck off. I'm not part of this. Yeah, like, yeah. he would definitely yeah. lie about some garbage story. I'd be like, I didn't do any of that. I'd be like, oh, your buddy said that. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I mean, I was you know the the running joke is why I was hired on at favorite was that I was the one who just knew how to pronounce things. And, and I was just like, do you want me to voice text, voice text this to you guys? Like, this is how I would say it. This is how you would say it. Um, but, you know, in my conversations with with this new employer, with French Libation, um, the sales manager, I think, you know, it's so funny. Like, when someone says, oh, you know, I'm looking for someone for this job. Oh, I have the person for you. I think there's a level of apprehension there, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm sure you have someone for me. Like, whatever. And I'll be damned. Like, you know, I followed through. I picked up the phone. I called. I'm so grateful to my girlfriend who just believed in me and supported me. And and I called Kelsey, my now sales manager. And we had so many, like, 
get out, you two moments, you know, like her father's from the neighboring arrondissement as mine is from Paris. We had so many parallels and, and, and that's what it was. It's, it's food and puppies. Or for us, it was arrondissement <laughs> and food. Yeah. And, and it was all these like, you know, neighboring things where it was like, oh yeah, we speak the same language. Let's roll. Like, jo- let's John remember. and I was Barolo and Chipotle. Barolo, the, the Chipotle <laughs> incident. That. Yeah. The Chipotle I have, so incident. So I want to I come back to the Chipotle incident, but my, I still, to this day, remember my very first uh, bar backing getting hired. And it was a guy named Kevin Grosjean who was over here at mm-hmm. Fraser's Steakhouse. And my Dad actually was like, you need to get a job, blah, blah, blah. Because like I was in college yeah. and um, he went to Frazier's and said, hey, my son's looking for a job. Did this and, you know, bullshitted like, oh, he's the best. He's dead. I want all that bullshit. And uh, he and Kevin being like, oh, yeah, whatever. Just tell him to come in like, you know, this day and da, da, da. So I showed up that day. He said and I came in, sat down. And he goes, can I help you? Because like I wasn't 21 at the time. I think it was I was 20. And I sat down. He's like, can I help you? Like and I was like, yeah, I'm John. My dad told me to come by and like take a drink i was literally looking for job. he goes oh shit okay you know what fuck it you're hired and i was like what he goes <laughs> yeah the fact that you're embarrassed enough to have your dad ask for your job and you showed up is really embarrassing so yeah come on board oh, and i got like hired. i met george and they hired me like right on the spot just because i showed up yeah and, and then like it. i still did the job great and i loved it and everything and it was good i mean uh, and meeting like weird people with the weird stories damien and i's whole thing was the chipotle and, incident and, yeah it was there's how we met and then, like, what solidified what now is this friendship is, you know, he came up to me at a wine tasting event, just doing his thing, you know, pouring for everybody, talking with everybody, chatting with everybody. He comes running up to me at this one point in a bar, and he's pouring a bunch of wines in his tasting. And at the very end, he kind of did this, so, hey, by the way, when you're done, I got something really cool. Come see me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'll, I'll come by and pour for you. So I went through all the wines, and, like, 10 minutes past my day, I was like, we got to get out of here and get there. I was like, no, I don't, I don't know what the fuck guy has, but I really want to try because he's bragging it up. So, like, I just must have watched over, just shoved the glass in his face. I was like, hey, you say, he goes, oh, yeah, put this in your mouth. And he just pours me. Was it Damilano? Like, what was it? It was uh, probably Argiano. 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 Okay. Argiano. Okay. Argiano. There's only, there's only <laughs> some. Yeah. Oh, it's so, Brunello, not Barolo. Okay. Brunello, yeah. Okay. So, like, walked over, set it down. My dad and I were sitting here. And I remember my dad going, fuck, that's good. Yeah. And because my dad's a big wine guy, but he, you know, was Napa like Valley. Napa Valley, yeah. Lodi's Inn, stuff like that. And then so I walked over. I was like, hey, man, listen, like my dad just got divorced. So he was in like a bad place. And he goes, hey, that's like the happiest he's been in a long time. Like, thank you so much. And he goes, you know, hey, listen, me and my buddies meet here every Thursday. Come on by. We just open wine stuff. Mm. And then over a few weeks, we chatted, got to know each other and like hang out and stuff. And the group of friends was diverse. All people who just randomly kind of met each other. And all of a sudden you form this group of, I don't know, 12 people who would show up and just open wines. And then long story short, we get to a point where we're just driving to California, kind of barely knowing each other because he was going to a fish concert. And I was in this phase of like, I'll do fucking whatever. Like, let's just go. And he was like, all right, well, it's fucking weird. I was going to drive with me for six hours. Let's see what happens. So we get out to Indio. And he's like, I'm hungry. And I was like, I could use some Chipotle. And he goes, that's exactly what the fuck I was thinking. I was literally Googling like closest Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's yes. like one of my like crazy weird weaknesses in life. Yeah. So. But also so, like a solid option depending but on But it like, gets weirder. Is, yeah. oh, so oh, we my. get to a Chipotle, <laughs> eat, we're sitting down, and it's still like in that ice breaking, yeah. like, so what the fuck do you do? Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, we should have And at one point he's sitting there, and uh, I was telling him I worked at Frazier's, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'm not allowed at Frazier's for a long time, like, you know. Oh. And I, and I go, oh, what happened? He goes, well, I wasn't kicked out. I was dating this crazy ass girl who tried to run me over with a car. And I literally, mid burrito bite, was like, what? I look up, stare at him like, that was fucking you? And he's like, what? And Wait, I was like, there? I've heard this story so many times. I never thought it was real. Legend. Because one of the girls who worked at Frazier's 
was dating with the bartenders and all the other people like don't date her she's not she tried to kill her last boyfriend by running him over at a party oh my God, and i had heard dating? it so many times and it was him he literally was like, you're the one. Yeah. I was like, okay. you're him? I've got to ask. This is like that Star Wars. It's like, the, or the Matrix, like, you're the one. Yeah. All right, I've got to ask. David Neo over Damon, here. Damon, you know I adore you, but mm-hmm. what the fuck did you do? Oh, God. He, he met a Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as this night goes on, we'll tell some fun stories. Oh, my God. I don't want to get too much into this on the radio. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, there's some funny-ass stories associated with this one. Oh, my yeah. God. There, oh there's my incidences God. in life where it's like, that's your fault. Yeah. Some people are just off the rocker. This isn't uh, somebody was off the rocker situation. Like we always say, we do our best work when you're uncomfortable. And she made my life uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> and you rose to the level of Italian. You that's, are now the point person for, am I wrong? Like everyone still comes to you for Italian the, the, wine the, consults. The, and the advanced songs, advanced songs. O- over at uh, Maple and Ash regularly text me every time they yeah. have a question about Italian. Lines I mean, shit, I used to text you. I was like, yeah. well. It's, it's funny because now it's at a point where I I couldn't have asked for a better business partner. I got my whole shop open. I'm glad to sell it. But, like, you know, you come from distribution to supplier to, like, the mass thing. And now sure. he's at watching him sit around those first, like, si- I was so uncomfortable for six months sitting here. Yeah. Like, watching him work with reps because I was like, oh, is this something we should buy? And he goes, I got this. Yeah. Oh, Damien, what should we do? No, no, I got this. And he's like, oh, I'm going to ask for free things. You're like, you're going to ask for free? How do you fucking do that? Like, don't do that. That's weird. Our suppliers will never care. He's like, no, no, bro, bro. Yeah, you know I got this. And now I see it later, and now I'm like, "Mm, how about I buy two cases and give me three bottles for free? And he just looks over. He's like, yeah, that's the way you do it. Uh, My young Padawan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You've learned. You are learning. Speaking of learning, John, uh, let's talk about these two wines. All right, let's do this. I'm curious for you I'm curious to him actually pronouncing (laughs) one of these. That's what I thought. All right, first one. Oh, that was Clearly, Domain Patroni. You're so fluent. Excellent. So I nailed it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, let, let, let's fuck you up a little bit. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. See those varieties? Yeah. Take it. Yeah, Syrah, so Grenache, and... Uh, uh, and? Neo Lucio. Nope. Neo <laughs> Lucio. Nope. You're doing a lot <laughs> no, I'm better. Do that. You're doing a lot better. Neo Lucio. I'm going with that. All right, all right, all right. All right. How do you pronounce that? I'm going to tell you. Neo Lucio. Well, shit. That's well, too many silent L's and C's. You did get surround Grenache in your fair. In, in, in all fairness. Right? In Nailed all fairness. It. Okay. 66%. It's not bad. Not it's not bad. bad. Very proud of you. Very all right, friendly. guys. That's a, that's a D plus. I could perform surgery at this point. Oh, that's concerning. All okay. right. <laughs> hey, listen. Everybody who got a D is out there performing some surgery. <laughs> Probably on all the ladies in Scottsdale's oh, lips at this point. God. Noses, yeah. All right. Blasting trout pout across the <laughs> There's a lot of duck face in <laughs> Oh, my God. There's <laughs> so much. All right. Domain... Verqueer Rastau. Oh, Verqueer, we're Chamfort. here. <laughs> yeah. We're here, we're Oh, sorry. There's, we're a, there's, a, there's an accent about Verqueer. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so proud <laughs> of you. We're, we're yeah. here, we're Verqueer. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. We're here, we're Verqueer. We're here, gonna, we're Verqueer. <laughs> they're going to love it. Rastau, y'all got some cool people, apparently. All right, let's, let's see. Oh, hold on. Let's, let's see. Is there any words? I'll, okay, no, we, we got it. Okay, so um, I, I'll, I'm going to translate for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it I'm right and we should just move on to the next subject? Because I'm cool with that. We <laughs> so could. I'm just going to breeze through this one real quick. <laughs> it's going to be Domaine de Verquier. Oh, Rasto, Thibault Chamfort, Vigneron Levy, Vallée du Rhône. Uh, but no, you were super close. Do yeah. you want to take a swing at? Um, do you want to take a swing at the the varieties? We'll we'll up your we'll up your average, I think. Uh, just because it's French and I want to piss them off, it's Garnacha and Syrah. 
Shrez. <laughs> I'm very proud no, of No, wait, hold on. It's America. It's Shiraz and Garnacha. Yeah, Garnacha and Shiraz. Uh, which, funny enough, my birthmark is actually named Garnacha. Uh, my, my big red birthmark on my hand, which my family calls me Etch-a-Sketch because I can actually, like, make lines on it and hold it. That's inside Play tic-tac-toe on your hand. Yeah, cool. I can. But it's when you go to a wine tasting, you fit in with everyone else because everyone else's hands are always stained right here during I wine tasting. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I was I was kind of just born. It was meant to be. Right? Yeah. It was just meant to be. But no, I, you know, we're here, we're for queer. I'm going to make a for shirt queer. for you. We're here, we're for queer. <laughs> we're here, <laughs> just, we're it, for queer. It just hit him. It is. Bro, it did, you, did you not just put that together? I've been dead no, joking earlier. you no, hard. I for a second. I knew oh earlier, but the t-shirt is brilliant. Oh, it's happening. Don't you worry. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have to say, you'll appreciate, you guys will appreciate this because you guys do both beer and wine. Um, so I have a buyer in New Mexico. Um she owns, I uh, opened after your time, Damien. Um, but she's incredible. She's that such a mogul. It, it's fucking delicious. It's, it's yeah. really yeah. Grenache Syrah. Yeah, no, th- these guys Those are Those vaquares are just Those vaquares are here, man. They're, they're here. Um, so they, uh, so anyway, this woman was telling me I was, you know, delivering something because through the pandemic, I went from being wine portfolio manager to everything uh, with a colleague. <laughs> I became the Swiss Army knife real fast. Oh, uh, dude, I became, uh, yeah. So uh, one of my colleagues and I, we did delivery, merchandising, sales, our Perspective portfolio management, sales management was easy for me because it was just you know, two of us. Um, and delivery, we, we did it all uh, for, for a very long time. So I uh, we, we both have more than earned our stripes. Um, but in any event, I was delivering to um, said buyer uh, at the cellar in Taos, Angelica. She's an incredible human being. And she was, you know, shooting the shit with me one day. And she's like, oh, my God. There's a couple master psalms that live in New Mexico, and she, I'm pretty sure it was in this context, but she was, she was tasting, and there was one person that was trying to really, like, you know, sort of boast and rooster and, you know, like, peacock their way in, and, and they were saying, like, oh, yeah, like, I love these wines, I love these wines, and, and just taking a running charge of trying to impress this MS that was, you know, tasting with them, and, uh, and Angelica, who was at this point, like, fresh out of fucks to give on this whole situation, she's like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, this guy, and, um, and so at one point, she pulls a bottle, uh, or maybe... Maybe it was the other person. Someone pulls a bottle of Premier Crew, and uh, and so they're pulling a bottle of Premier Crew. They're you know pulling corks. He's, and this guy is like, oh yeah, I love Wanners, and everyone's like, what? Wanners? What are you talking about? And they're like, you want? <laughs> yeah, sure. And so they just kind of let it slide. They're, they continue to pour whatever everyone's tasting, and this guy just like won't drop. He's like, Wanners are you know great, and everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Wanners? And then Angelica puts it together. She's like. One or one E R premier oh, crew. Premier, uh, yeah. Oneers. Fa- for anyone who can't see us right now, yeah. there's there have been three simultaneous face palms. So it so th- I take away the story and I'm like, oh my fucking god! Like this 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 oneer, like he's a oneer if anything. Like so uh, like oh, I started no. calling I started calling you know and, and in all fairness I like like it honestly <laughs> oneers it's like having a niner in there. It's a niner yeah so so now oneers has become like this like thing right where it's just like oh yeah this oneer coming up like oh here we go oneer coming in coming in hot as a flash forward I'm I'm with in Seattle with my now sales manager Kelsey who's this extraordinary buoyant I mean if you guys think that I'm animated she's equally as such with curly <laughs> hair she's incredible and. And, and I tell the story to some of our, you know, this this customer of ours in Seattle, and uh, and they're like, "Wonder, wonder, I, I don't, I don't get it." I don't, okay, and so the story comes through, like, "Oh my God, same thing, like face palms all around, great." I happen to, you know, she invites me to to spend the evening with where, you know, some of her family lives in Vashon Island. Her, I believe, 
uh, effectively one cousin, she calls them both cousins, close family friends, come over. One of them is a um, kind of a graphic designy person from Microsoft. And Kelsey is like, oh my God, Katisha, please tell the story about the winners. And I'm like, it's like a wine story. Like, I don't know, is it boring to other people who are not in wine? Like, I don't know. So I tell the story and it turns into this whole thing where he then designs a logo for one or crew, <laughs> we have it. stitched a dozen of them. They're all around the country, and it's all to credit for Angelica, the seller, who started this whole story by telling <laughs> me it was about this one or crew. So I have a hat that I, it's at the Airbnb, but I have a hat that's one or crew that we all rock. It's like a hashtag now. I met my. We were tasting with the Burgundy buyer at, uh, you know, one of our San Francisco outlets. And, and he was like, Wonner. And even he was stumped. And he was like, oh, my God, I want a T-shirt. Like, and so it's become this thing. Next beer and wine shop called Wonner. Wonner. One yes. ER. Yes, all of it. Like, I was thinking, like, thing one, thing two, and then Wonner, like, in the same logo. Uh, but, yeah, you know, John, uh, her cousin, designed this thing. And so we have these hats. It's like this whole hysterical thing, like, Wonner That's crew. That's awesome. It's it's. So it's Wonner, and now Verkrier, we're here. That's what you're getting, my sweet. I'm going to make it for you. We're going to make it happen. And we're going to have a whole entire lineup of this is not how this is done wine. Who, know, who knew that, you know, AOP Rasto was going to be, you know, the Pride Month wine? <laughs> who knew? It's going to be incredible. I, uh, Ten years from now, I'm going to see a Pride flag right across this thing and be like, God damn it. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of a muted palette. It's a very, like, traditional old yeah. world. And then there's just going to be this, this be one giant. year. Where it's just so over the top and flamboyant. <laughs> and this was it. For queer, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. I love it. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> I can't I like wait it. for more of these. So, that is actually one of our wine club wines for the month. Oh, thank you. I love the, that. Yep. So, everybody got it, is getting it regardless. I'm going back to pink bubbles after the Verqueer we're here. <laughs> well, wait. Oh, that's fitting. Yeah, um, I know, right? But, so wait, how many people are your wine club? I'm thinking like t-shirts. There's too many people. 47? Have... That's yeah, a lot of Verqueers we're here. Yeah. Verqueer we're here. We'll get there. We'll get it's, there. Honestly, like after meeting with our merchant we're going to make some really weird one-off stuff constantly. Oh, my God. So, that's, oh, clearly. And that's the way forward, right? Yep. Like it's, you Gotta know. have fun with this. The Fanet about it, uh, your shirt right yep. now. Like there's so many good ones. Honestly, when I saw Domain Petroni, my brain immediately went, oh, I could use a Peroni right about now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it takes a lot of beer to make good wine. Yeah. So, you know, there there is that. There yeah. is that. Absolutely. Oh my god. What this oh my god, this well, moose fills as you moose so fills. eloquently called it. Um, but so so do you speak another language in general other than I English took, and Arizona? I, I did exactly what you said earlier. I took eight years of Spanish and know nothing. Okay. Yeah. Like five years of French, I know nothing. Yeah. Should, should we take a swing at some Spanish? Some Spanish language? I so it's one of those things where like hearing Spanish is gonna be one of those things where like I don't get it but like I'll, I'll say like a phrase i don't know spanish i don't know any other language i know fake italian because my family's from brooklyn so if okay. you just start spitting shitty syllables i could probably guess that's you know that's also i need I hand movement and like a lot of gesticulating like everywhere yeah. and they're like oh okay i know what you mean yeah oh i know where you're from absolutely yeah. oh my god that's hysterical yeah it was it's it's Probably one of actually legitimately one of my biggest regrets is never learning another language. That's hard. And I did Duolingo for like two years and I actually found I could read. Like I could start reading things. Yeah. But if somebody were to speak to me, I'm like, shit, I have no fucking idea. I could get us around MapQuest probably in another country, but hell that's yeah. about it. Well, you know, priorities already. Yeah. If like MapQuest, be polite, and damn someone's what mother to hell. I'm, I'm American. Are... I just assume everybody speaks English around the world like an idiot. Yeah, you just talk louder, right? Like that's usually that's, how, that's how people understand you. <laughs> and then adding an O to the back of anything that you say, all of a sudden, everybody who speaks Spanish understands oh you. 
Wero is my fudo. They know what I'm saying. Oh my god. Which is why they called it Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so, so what's funny is I have a couple friends who've taken a swing. At, you know, in the pandemic, I think people like made sourdough or like you know did whatever the fuck it is. With it. I, you know, you guys worked and opened a bar. I <laughs> absorbed all of the roles in a distribution company with a colleague, and we became everything. Um, I discovered that I like mountain biking, and that was very exciting. The other is that some people were like, I'm going to learn a language. And uh, and so Duolingo became very popular. And I was curious. You know, like, I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, I speak French and I speak Spanish. How many languages do you speak? Um, so I can only officially um, interpret for three languages. So I can do uh, three and one into the other. So more often than not, people do um, English into French or French into English. And that actually counts as two um ways, if you will. So you more often than not, if someone's speaking French, you can translate to English, but you can't necessarily do it in reverse. And so I can do that in reverse and I can code switch seamlessly between French, Spanish and English and do French into Spanish, Spanish into English. I can I can do all the things. So when you're in as a side hustle through college, um, I would do live interpreting and it's hard. Like you have someone speaking into one ear and you're, you know, spilling out another language into the other and then you're you're then known to be the person who's multilingual so inevitably another person is like hey like I'm trying to communicate with this person and you're like dude I'm so fried like I cannot do this right now um, but I have an ear for language like that's that's my one party trick I have an ear for language um, I can pick it up very quickly I was in Sweden for two weeks and by the end of two weeks I was you know svenska. like I, I, I got it just perfectly fine um, I can I can do all romance languages or Germanic languages up until we get to tonal languages and then I'm fucked. Okay. Like tonal languages, I'm ugh, like, I just, the, it, it takes a lot of gymnastics of the throat and the mouth to be able to speak another language properly. And I just, tonal languages are very unforgiving. Like yeah. the tiniest inflex is like, good morning, how are you? And then damning your entire family to hell. Like I've apparently said both, you know, like congratulate, huzzah me. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's really challenging. Like that's where my limitations are. So French, Spanish, English, um, Italian and Portuguese, I get on with just fine, but I can't say that I'm confident enough to translate professionally. And, uh, and then from there it gets, it gets more simple. You know, for me, I just have an ear for it. I have two brothers who, um, they're half brothers technically, but their father is, um, Moroccan Berber. So Basque and Berber, those crazy bastards. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about a bullheaded mm -hmm. breed, that's it right there. Yeah. But, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, and so their father um, is from Fez, Morocco, and I have survival skills in that specific dialect of Arabic because when you learn Arabic in school, you learn Egyptian Arabic. You don't learn Arabic from everywhere else in the world. So I have, you know, the hellos, the thank yous, the can I help you with the dishes, can I do this, and also, you know, uh, your brother's a pig, which is the worst <laughs> possible thing I could possibly say. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's my one party trick. I've got language, and I sound like an American, and when I speak French, I sound like a Southern French person, and when I speak Spanish, I sound like I spent a lot of time in Spain, but grew up in Latin America. So it's it's my one thing. It's like if I were a Bond girl, that would be my one thing, right? Like kiss yeah. to death. Fromage à trois is what we decided would be my Bond girl name. <laughs> we, we have a Bond villain who comes in. Yeah, fromage à trois. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have a Bond villain who comes in? Okay, so Bond films. I fucking love Bond films. Well, we're with you. We have a, uh, what's her name again? Uh, and Nina Gruber. Nina Get Gruber out. is her name. She's one of our suppliers. She comes in. And I love it. So she handed me her card. I looked at it. I said, your name sounds like Bond villain. Yes. <laughs> That's the first words out of my mouth. Yes. Mine just is just like a, an epileptic <laughs> fit in the, on the palate. But, you know, I uh, we decided that mine would be fromage à trois and burgundy. Uh, from, from, the burgundy the kiss of death would be what my kill shot. <laughs> 
That's Ooh. so awesome. <laughs> I say kill shot would be great, except obviously that's DC. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, no, no, that's already taken. But you know, yeah, Burgundy so, kisses. From Waja to Oh, it's actually ironically, kill shot was Will Smith, and that actually worked out terribly. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God, that poor fucker. Like I, I that whole thing. Like you know, everyone has their opinions about it because, of course, we all love opinions. But oh, God, the only yeah. thing I can think of is as I watched that whole thing happen was the entire this highlight of your career will forever be overshadowed by this emotional explosion. I grew up on Fresh Prince and Uncle yeah. Phil's like the greatest uncle you mm. wish you had and Will Smith's the brother you wish you had and then you're like ah oh, fuck and then brother flipped out and now everything's yeah. a joke like on the scene brother. where he stands above an alien and punches him in the face and goes welcome, welcome to, to earth, earth. Yeah. and you're like damn it was probably Chris Rock <laughs> oh my god all of it all of it I saw a meme all the, so I have I have a soft spot for like all the like horrible natural natty wine memes where I'm just like I just can't get enough with them because I just it's a polarizing subject for all the reasons that we know um um, but one of them most recently was like, you know, get that name out your mouth. And it listed every single Natty Wine producer. Like, it was just, it was hysterical. It was so funny. One of the producers at a trade show just the other day was wearing a shirt that just said, natural wine sucks. <laughs> and that was it. it was a, and he so, was a winemaker for his winery. It was at the, <laughs> it was at the stem tasting. Oh, my God. I Wait, love was it, it who I think it is? No, I think it was the uh, dude from Stoltman, if I remember uh, right. Okay. Wait, Peter? I could, Peter Stoltman is fucking yeah. awesome. I'm almost positive that's I, who was wearing it. I, I could only imagine that would have been Pax. <laughs> no. Peter Stoltman's fucking awesome. There's so there of all the shirts that I will be making for queer we're here. Don't you worry. <laughs> but the other is uh, wonders to come. No worry not. Um, the other is um, so you know there's there's uh, a buyer um, an owner of a restaurant in New Mexico um, at a place called Arroyo Vino. Brian Barkston, who's this you know he's such this brilliant character. He reminds He's, me of a centric billionaire, like, yeah. in a way. Like, if that dude all of a sudden had a giant penis rocket underneath a mountain and could shoot it off to the moon, I'd be like, yep, I understand. That's Brian. You know what the weirdest thing? Damon, out of context, you don't know, he does have one. Yeah. You don't know this? It's in Roswell. Yeah. Um, out but, of context, that would be the weirdest sentence I may have ever heard, except to me, it's like, oh, yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also Austin That's Powers. Also Austin yeah. Powers. Also but Austin yeah. Powers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. lived out his Austin Powers dream. Um, so, yeah, Brian Barkston, who I've learned so much from, and he's such an incredible wealth of information. Um, he, at some point, was talking, uh, there's a, another supplier and general manager of a, of a supplier-ship uh, for Jose Pastor. Chris Barnes also lives in New Mexico. And uh, and he has a lot of you know natural wine produced. I have natural wine in my book. We are currently drinking natural wine in front of us. Uh, yeah. Both of them are natural. Would we say that they're natty? I feel like that's a consumer-driven definition, which gets into a really weird area. It's got to be an American thing, too. Like, non-GMO, sustainable, all these like labels you keep throwing on to the point of natty. It's yeah. like... It's French and Italian. They try to do as much as they possibly can. Even the little guys here in America like don't want to sling pesticides and do shit onto it. Yeah. Anyone but now we got to have a label. Anyone, well, you know, we love labels in America, don't That's we? That's true. In the U.S., we love a label, um, which is, again, why my name continues to fuck people up. But it, uh, so anyway, Barkston came up with this thing where he was like, oh, yeah, spoof juice. Is it spoof juice? Because I guess, I, I don't know who started if it was Chris or if it was Brian, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's spoof juice. That's stuff that's, you know, like chapelletized or has like additives in it or whatever. So I now want to make a shirt that says sans spoof. <laughs> and that's going to be my shirt. Like, that's going to be my shirt for all my producers. Sans spoof. It is no fuckery. Like, you know, sans spoof is going to be my Verquiry here, sans spoof yep. on the back. Label. Yeah. So it's going to be. AVA, no fuckery. Yeah. Where's AVA? that AVA? Yeah. 
uh, Sean Tevick with Generally his. everywhere. <laughs> so, so there's a buyer here in town, and she swears that she can tell you if a wine is natural or no sulfites just by looking at it or smelling it. I think I tasted with her. I won't. You, well, yeah. So she happens to know our good friend Sean very, very well. Mm. And this he presented it, and he, and, he, well. and he freaked out afterwards. Like, what the hell? You know, first of all, if she has that superpower, she should not be able to buy her here in Scotts, Arizona. She should be doing something else. She should be in Sedona with an amethyst. And, and then he went home and drank a couple bottles of wine and proceeded to develop a goth death metal band oh. t-shirt called Immaculate Inoculation. <gasps> and that's the name of his fake natty wine band is Immaculate Inoculation. I love this. And he had like this pentagram and he designed this whole death metal shirt uh, He is welcome to use song spoof as some sort right. of riff at that's, some point. That's the name of a song. Yeah, title track, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Immaculate Inoculation. Song spoof oh. and we're here, we're for queer. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. We got two tracks coming your way. Just like our original episodes, every episode we always had, we always invented something. Had like yeah. at the end of the episode, I love it. And roadies could be oneers. Now, 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 now we have a whole shirt line <laughs> developing. Yeah. I love Meanwhile, it. there's a lot of people that'd be like, "That's so fucking." I'd wear that. And yeah. The people that get it, get it. Oh my god! So you remember James Selby? Oh yeah. Legend of a fucking man. Uh, he's so incredible. 100%. So James Selby is um, now since retired, and he was just this legend in the wine industry. I mean, and I say like, sure, New Mexico, but I was doing a staff training in Boulder, uh, or sorry, in Denver for a colleague because he he wasn't able to make it. So I was like, no, it's no worries. Like I got you. Like we have the same customer. I'll do the training for you. Flew up. Where are you from? Hi, hi. Great, great, great. Uh, oh, New Mexico. Oh yeah do you know James Selby? And I'm like, do I know James fucking Selby? Are you kidding? Like, man is my hero. And more importantly, we threw him the most badass retirement party in January. And it was um, at Arroyo Vino, who Brian just so graciously, I mean, the, the amount of love that everyone has for James Selby is just, you meet the man and you just can't help but to just absolutely adore him. He's this, you know, theater actor from New York who drove taxis. And I like, when he retired, I was like, I just need the audiobook. Like, that's all I'm looking He's for. He's the Betty White point. of wine sales. He's the Betty White of fucking wine sales. That's exactly He's, right. He's, he was probably old when I was born and still, to this day, probably younger than me in, in his soul. And charming as all hell. Everyone I mean, knows him. Everyone loves him. Yeah. He's one of the more knowledgeable people, continues to be a dear mentor and friend of mine. Um, so when, you know, the retirement party comes around, speaking of t-shirts, uh, if there's someone who will immediately put something on a t-shirt, it is Jason fucking Romero. And he <laughs> made these t-shirts for Jimmy the Juice. So I used to call him Le Jus, uh, the Juice, Le Jus, El Hugo, all the things. And uh, he found, and so at, when James Selby started learning how to use emojis, it was the most magical thing. He put a little juice box as his signature because he's the oh juice. My God. And so he found a juice box and we put it, like Jason found it and put it on a t-shirt and it was the juice is loose, which was what That's Barkston awesome. called, or maybe it was Hannah that came up with that. Um, but uh, but it was the juice is loose retirement party and we printed a finite amount of t-shirts for, you know, the original crew. So, you know, the team at Arroyo Vino, team at Favorite Brands, a handful of other people and people lost their shit over this thing. Like, so I wore it on the flight to Denver and, you know, was doing the staff training with James Selby on my chest. You're welcome, James. <laughs> but it was James Selby. Uh, you know, I was wearing this T-shirt, and at one point, someone like I was like, "Hey, so you know, are there any questions on these wines?" One of the uh, staff members, which I'll, I'll have to say, like Postinos, they have such an engaged staff. Like for doing as many staff trainings as I do, and especially now where people feel really disenchanted with everything, like big ups to their team. Like they're fucking awesome. Like they curate an amazing team, and I did trainings in two states and have only good things to say. But one of the one of the guys rose their like you know they raised their hand. They're like. What's the deal with your shirt? And I was like, oh, um, you don't know? 
this? And he's like, I don't. And I was like, but you sell wine and you don't know who this is. And he's like, uh, and I was kind of fucking with him at first. Lo and behold, another supplier from in who lives in Denver, it was like, oh yeah, that's James Selby. His <laughs> name was not on my shirt, by the way. And he was like, oh yeah, that's James Selby. And I was like, Fuck yeah, it is James Selby, and I was, it awesome. just—it was incredible. And so then I just left it because I was like, "No, you don't." And know. staff will go home and Google that one and figure it out. Maybe. Oh my god, El Hugo—he's a legend. That band, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> fucking incredible. Speaking of incredible characters in this world, that's that's the, one of them. That yeah. is one of the greatest part about the wine and beverage industry. There's so much personality and such good people. Oh god, like people you could just call out of the blue. I just love that. I was in the car with said incredible Greg that. Jubaka mobile. The Jubaka just pulled up. Ah, oh, the Jubaka is here. Wait, hold on. Can we see his car from here? That's is a, that that a, is the car. Is that the Jubaka? It is. It's the Jubaka <gasps> rolling Subaru in with his cases. Jubaka. Here he is rolling in in his plaid. Ah, oh, bless him. I love it. Yep. Um, so rolling around with Greg, and he had his, you know, like uh, it must have been in the new Jubaka or whatever we call the 2.0 version of that. Um, but it, he had his maps up, and and I saw, you know, like all the accounts kind of popping up and at one point it said Rift and I was like oh shit is Rift in your territory and he's like yeah and I'm like D is it close because I uh, Phoenix I don't fucking know where I am like I have, this place is so huge yeah. and uh, and I was like oh do you like is it in your territory can we go and he's like oh my god like yeah like how do you know Rift and I was like oh well Damien was my supplier years ago it's kind of a long story but yeah uh, we know him he's like fuck yeah, let's pull over. And so we walk in and talk about good people in the industry. I walk in and not two seconds later, Damien's like, oh, hey, nice to see I was, you. <laughs> I was racking my brain though because he's like, oh, I got somebody that wants to see you. And I'm like, which supplier would he even have? I didn't even know you were in the supplier could, role. That could even go either way. You're like, right? fuck, who wants to see me? God damn it. <laughs> Some fucking regional person. Like, Jesus Christ. No, just me. Mm. Just a little tea. Yeah, that's so awesome. Just a little tea. <laughs> little tea. And then look what happens. Now you're here for a tasting. Yeah, the shiksa's in the house. Yeah, the tics of the shiksa. Here we are, the irony of my life. For Queer, we're here for Pride Month at Rift. I love it. That's fantastic. This whole thing has just been great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been awesome. I absolutely love it. No, um, I really appreciate you coming out and hanging you know, out for an hour or so on the show and talking wine and talking about John's awesome pronunciations of his bottles. And I just wish we had more bottles in here. Designing Don't worry, we'll do this more times, I yeah. promise. Oh, my God. I So, yeah, I'll for sure be out again, and I will bring I will bring some challenges for we'll you. We'll do that. <laughs> I yeah. expect the next show we do, we're gonna have to have some um, chicken chips. Ooh, the Done. Chips. Done. I will well, get my ladies to send yep. them. They're fucking delicious. Yeah, that's... we're gonna get chip faced. We're gonna get bubbles. <laughs> chip faced and bubbles. Fuck yeah, it's happening. It's another T-shirt. <laughs> chip faced and bubbles. I never met a potato uh, I didn't like. That's Let's so do this. awesome. Let's do this. Absolutely. Tisha, this has been amazing. Thank oh, you so much. This has been incredible. Thank you guys so much for having me. And let's uh, let's pour some wine. Yeah, yeah let's absolutely. do this. Let's get after it. Thanks, everybody, cool. for listening. Love you guys.